the Art and Industry of Business and Living podcast, discussing conscious choices around business, money, life and living and creating a greater future for you and the planet. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Art and Industry of Business and Living. You are, of course, with Simone Millis, as I am here with you every single week. And I am at home, actually. I'm in Pridgian Beach in Australia, although tomorrow I'm off to Costa Rica. Super excited about that. And I have um, not only a good friend of mine, but my PR agent who has been hassling me to get some information to do a new pitch. So I went, why don't we do a podcast? I like that. It's like, kill two birds with one stone. So she's going to interview me and ask me a few questions uh, so that we can get some more information. So here we go. Justine McKell, welcome. Yay. Yay. The crowd goes wild. Yay. <laughs> well, obviously, I, I mean, I know you released the book, The Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One, with your now ex-partner and gave me a heart attack when you released it. And <laughs> Up. <laughs> I just need to tell the listeners about that too, because we, you know, wrote this book, Relationship. Are you sure you want one? Which, I, if you've been listening to my podcast, you would know about that book, and you would have also heard Brendan Watt on here too. And we've spoken about many different aspects of relationship, of breaking up, of anything. We'll talk about anything. But just as you know, yeah, we we broke the relationship up as the book was being launched. So Justine was like. <gasps> What do I do with this pitch? But it was funny. The media in America just ate it up. Yeah. And we actually used it. <laughs> yeah. We used it for our advantage. And the interesting thing was too, I mean, one of the interviews we did in America, you know, this, this woman wanted to put us down. Like she wanted to make us wrong. She's like, you say you're relationship experts, but you know, we were like, no, we actually don't. We've been there, done that. We've had some really bad, shitty relationships and we created a great one. And we also chose to break it up. And I remember one of the ladies asking us, because she was like, you guys seem to get on so well. And it was like, yeah, we pretty much talk every day. Like yeah. we, we still really like each other. And I guess this is what I want to go into. Like I've got so many questions about, you know, rebound, like, you know, how, how do you break up elegantly? But I guess if you are, like, did you have, do you have any awareness around um, questions you should ask before you get into a relationship now? Like if someone is looking at a relationship, like is there... Uh, okay, so the, the main thing I'm going to say is you need to be okay with just you. Because if you're looking at somebody else to fill in the gaps that you've decided you have, I'm sorry, it's never going to create this great relationship. It's, it's not that it's never going to work, but it's not going to be as great as what it could be. I mean, I was just talking to um, a friend of mine today and you know, he was talking about his old relationship and how so often his partner would not desire him to do something because she wasn't doing it. And I'm like that, you know, literally the old saying of, you know, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it is yours. If it doesn't, it never was. You've got to be willing to let go of the relationship as you're creating it. And if you are looking for someone to fulfill something, um, whether it's, you know, to make you happy, no one can make you happy. You're the one that wakes up happy. Uh, it's like, if you're looking for somebody else to fulfill your life financially, it's like, what if you actually created your own financial reality? And that's actually a really big topic in itself. Well, it was funny. That's actually my next question. Cause I just, yeah, this study that says, um, most people are likely to break up with someone that are bad with finances. The study set out to observe how people handle their finances with their partner and found one in five um, people think their significant other is financially irresponsible. And 
Yeah, and I mean, I know you've talked about it before, but like, it, it is a hard. It, it's kind of a crunchy subject. Finances in a relationship. It is because I mean, I mean, okay. So if you look at relationship, okay, the first initial thing nowadays that you're attracted to, you know, is the body and the being sort of thing, and then it's like, ooh, then you have sex with them, and it's like that's the you know. And then, you know, you go on dates, it's like you hang out, you do all this stuff, but finances isn't really discussed. And, and then all of a sudden, when you choose to maybe get married, move in together or something like that, there's so many assumptions that go with that. And I think you've got to be really clear on what it is that you desire as a financial reality and doesn't mean the other person has to match that. Usually one person is far greater at their finances than the other person. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. And it's like, I see so many people who, the person who's great at their finances, they expect the other person to start to change the way they be with finances and to match them. Or the person with, with more money ends up creating less money to sort of more match what the other person is not creating. Both of those points of view are insane. It's like, and just because you're married, just because you're living together, just be, whatever that is, it doesn't mean you actually have to mix your finances either. I mean, Brendan and I, over eight years, it was really interesting at the beginning. I mean, you know, he bought a dog and a kid and, you know, even at the beginning I was so, and this was me not wanting to commit to a relationship either. It's like, it's your dog. The dog food costs 20 bucks. Like, here you go, you pay that, you know? <laughs> and eventually I was like, hang on a second, I really enjoy this dog. Why wouldn't I just buy it dog food, you know? But somewhere I was like, see, we are separate, you know, and yeah. keeping that separation in motion. And then we got to a stage where we went, oh, how can we use our finances to our advantage? So we actually opened up a joint bank account and opened up a trust so that on, pa on paper, you know, tax-wise, business-wise, we put it together. But then what we would do is the money would come into the bank account and we would we would separate it. Like we'd take it straight back out into another bank account. So he had his money and I had my money. And then we split things, you know, like the rent at one stage or the mortgage, etc. And then, so that worked. Okay. And so he, what, what I'm getting to here is you've got to look at what works for you each and every day. So at the beginning, I was like, you pay for the dog food, you know, and then we sort of amalgamated our, you know, account, but also kept it separate. And then there was this one time we were in India at an access consciousness class and I was getting really funky about money because Brendan knows how to spend money really, really well. And he, we were sort of like, I was paying for a lot of things. Like I was paying for the flights. I was paying for, you know, pretty much everything. And Brennan wouldn't be shy of going, booking the business class tickets. Like he wouldn't go, let's book economy. He'd be like, let's book business, you know? And we were in India and I said to him, Hey, can we, can we have a chat? And this is a really important thing. If something's up for you, you need to address it because if you, if you hide that and you don't address it, that will end up causing conflict in your relationship. No matter how hard you think it is, it's like, you've got to actually, you know, approach that. So I said, can we have a chat? And he was like, sure. And I said, Hey, I'm getting really weird about money and I'm getting weird about the money that I'm spending on both of us, etc. And, you know, sort of voice, what was going on for me and really vulnerable to actually do that. And he looked at me with this smile on his face that if you've ever met Brendan or seen a photo, like this gorgeous smile on his face. And he looked at me and he went, I thought we were over that. I thought we'd already had this discussion. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, uh, pretty much what I, the money I make is mine and what you make is ours. And the <laughs> way he said it, I just cracked up laughing. And I was like, 
gosh, you know what? You're right. I do. I mean, I was making way more money than him. So why would I? And I adored him, loved him, was creating with him. Why would I keep that separate? Yeah. So, so I, so then at that moment, we actually chose to just put everything together. And from that moment, I'm going to say for myself and Brendan, everybody out there doesn't have to do it, but myself and Brendan, we actually started to create more wealth. Yeah. We started to combine things together and create more revenue streams and more investments. And it, it worked. I think it's, it's hard to get to that point where you just let it go because I know it's, girls you grow up going I want someone to take care of me financially and I think I had this deep set belief somewhere along the lines of that and I've ended up in a situation where I'm the one paying for everything (laughs) it's been very crunchy and very uncomfortable and some moments like just crying or just not wanting this but I think taking your advice and just absolutely like going okay well he might not contribute financially at this moment in time but he's also there for our daughter or he contributes in other ways um, as the emotional. Yeah, you've got to look at that, really. I mean, I said to a friend last night, I went, you know what, maybe because um, I was saying how I didn't want to be in another relationship and he was like, are you sure? Like he said, what if, and he pulled me on my own stuff and said, you know, what if you didn't conclude that? And I was like, okay, you're right. And I said, oh, what if I actually, you know, was in a relationship with someone who, who was really wealthy and and, you know, and bought me stuff and took care of me. And he went, you don't need that. And I went, really? And I was like, what if I was with someone who had a private jet? That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, but he was like, but you don't need it. You have money. And I'm like, yeah, but it's nice. So it is nice to have that, that like, I get that females have that desire. And yet how else do you receive that? Cause I mean, you're great at, you know, you have a joy business. You you're great at your work. You're great at, you know, creating money. And it's like, I am too. And yet I absolutely love being treated like a princess. I love being treated like a woman. I love being treated like a lady. Like I like it when, when a man opens doors for me or, you know, takes care of me and just does those little things. And it's like, what if we looked at that as a greater uh, source of contribution than money? Like we make money so significant and so often money comes between that connection that you can actually have with someone. And if you didn't allow that to occur, then money wouldn't mean anything. It's like, who cares who makes it? It, It's very true. It's funny. My sister's in the same predicament. She is an investment banker in New York and earns all the money. And her husband, her partner hasn't worked for about two years. He's been looking after the kid more, but they're now going through crunchy times, maybe separating, not sure. But it's almost like she's had to, and I know this is like this reality talk, but she's dropped into this super masculine role where he's like, I haven't, there's nothing feminine or you're not um, being intimate with me. And does, I don't know, does that happen when you're earning the money and then all of a sudden you're dropping into that, like that masculine female role? Like, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think as a woman, you have to allow a man to contribute to you. And it's, and it's really, because I mean, nowadays, you know, the majority of females I hang out with have got it, you know, they've like, they don't need a man. It's like, they can, they've got it. They can work it out. They can, you know, fix stuff, do whatever. But when you allow a man to contribute to you, it creates such a different energy or even allow a man to be a man. I mean, you know, the other day I was here with a friend of mine who's a man and he, he, there was something technical and I went, Oh, let me show you. And he goes, I'm a man. He goes, 
I got this. And I was like, good point. Okay. <laughs> but I could have just gone here, you press this, da, 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 you know, but I allowed him just to go, no, let me look at this. And I was like, he goes, it's a technical thing. I got this. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, but just allowing that to be, you know, so almost we've like become ball breakers and not let them. Absolutely, Justine. And it's like, you know, if you didn't hold your man's nuts in a vice, <laughs> what else could be created? And if you were like continuously empowering him to do and be everything that he desires as well, you know, I mean, ask him, it's like, what does he want to create today? And, it, and if, it, if it's not about money, it's not about money. It's like, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were, I was talking about Brendan when I was with him and uh, like years ago when we first started dating and he wasn't making much money and he went down the pub and was playing the pokies, had a couple of beers and won a bunch of money. And he went across the road and bought himself a new surfboard. So then he comes home and he has this look on his face that I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> what did you do? Where have you been? And he goes, I've just been at the pub having a few beers and, you know, won some money on the pokies and told me how much money. And I was like, that's awesome. But I was at the moment, I was contributing to everything. I was buying the food. I was buying, you know, everything like that in the house. And he looked at, he still had this look on his face and I went, what's up? Like, what did you do? And he went, I went and bought a surfboard. And I was like, that's cool. And I was so happy for him that he went and bought a surfboard because for him, when he goes surfing, well, he hasn't surfed in a while, but when he used to go surfing, his whole body would just be so alive. Like you could, you know, perceive the molecules in his body just clanging together and he'd come back from the beach and he'd just be like, ah, oh, like it was just awesome to see him. And, and he said to me, his previous relationship from me said, if that had happened, his ex would have just yelled at him for spending the money on a surfboard for even going surfing, because that's not something that she did. And you know, that's one of the greatest uh, crisis I see in a, in a relationship is when you love to do something and you stop doing it because the other person isn't doing it. Or when you tell the other person that they shouldn't be doing it because you don't do it. And it's like, that's going to, that's a big killer of a relationship. And you can implement money into that situation too. Because the one thing I was very grateful for with myself and Brendan, not once ever, ever, did we ever stop the other person from spending money? Yeah. No matter what it was, you want to spend money, spend money. It's your money, you know, or it was even our money. And it was like, okay, cool. Go for it. If that's something you need in your life or desire in your life, do it. It's like, it, we never ever limited each other financially. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And this is such a refreshing conversation because it's usually like women get together and either bitch about their men um, and say what they're doing wrong or yeah. But, but as you said, like that brought him so much joy. It's actually a contribution to your relationship. So why? Totally. I was like, go surfing. Can I tell you, it's much more fun in the bedroom when, when your man goes off doing something like that, like surfing and he comes home and his body's just like, like yeah. <laughs> well, it's back to that beginning bit, what you were saying. Like if you hold so tight onto something, like they're just going to push away. But if you're almost like willing to let everything go and let them be who they am because so I mean even if I look at my sister I, I said to her did you know he was like this before you got into a relationship like he liked going out he might be you know his head might turn sideways at other women and she said well yeah I guess so but she went into the relationship thinking she could maybe change him which is a big risk. mistake big mistake huge and it's like that is one of the biggest mistakes that women make going into 
a relationship thinking you're going to change them. And it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, do you want to be changed? Yeah. Like what if you were, if, so, if you're with someone who is an allowance of everything that you be, uh, and just because, because I do see a lot of women nowadays, Justine, who, you know, are career driven. It's like, they love it. And to me, I mean, wrote a book about it, Joy of Business, which you can get on Amazon. And I, you know, I see women love business and they love what they do and they love doing something that they create that brings them money. Okay. But just because they love it doesn't mean that they have to be with a man that loves it either. What if you actually had, you, you were the one who was going off and conquering the world and you had a man who was at home and I don't know, he'd cook dinner for you a couple of times a week or something, or even just the way he looked at you or the way he touched your body or, you know, the way he, he was being with you. What if that was what you asked for in a relationship? And I feel like every woman needs to hear this conversation because you, you do yeah, grow up with these fairy tales. Like even last night I was watching this movie on Netflix. It's called Ready to Mingle. And it was all about like so much the relationship broken up and it was like heartbreak, like absolute heartbreak. And she went to try and get back with him, walked in, got sexy underwear, dropped it all. And then his parents were having dinner with the new girlfriend there and she ran oh, up. <laughs> <laughs> but like what do you what do you say to someone like because heartbreak can be like it's soul destroying or it can be like what what do you say to someone that's going through a breakup and just can't seem to get over okay, it so, so the key point that I would say here is you've got to get because the relationship and I've said this before because the relationship is broken up doesn't mean that they broke that that you are broken Okay. You cannot take it personally. And I know that sounds strange because you're like, well, I was heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you are not less than you are not less than because the relationship doesn't exist. I met a girl in London the other week and she was broken up with someone for seven years, beautiful young Russian girl, you know, and she'd broken up with someone for seven years. And she said for five years, she was pretty much in her apartment, was a hermit, got anorexia, like just was a mess. Five years she spent like that. I'm like, wow, there's so much more out there. And you've got to get that. It's like, so someone breaks up the relationship with you. Okay. So if they're going to break up the relationship with you, would you actually desire to be with that person anyway? It's like trying to make someone do something. Instead, what if you started to, I mean, what I started to do was, you know, all right, what would it take for me to have different lovers around the world? Because wasn't necessarily looking to be in another relationship right now, except I really like having sex. So what if I ask for different lovers around the world and that's showing up and it, it's like, but sort of not from a conclusion and not from this way that it has to be. It's more so like, all right, so who, what, where, when, how, why, you know, I mean, I travel all over the world, but not like this, like jump on. I mean, everyone was like, you should get on Tinder. And I'm like, oh, seriously, that sounds like too much work. <laughs> so I haven't been on any dating app or anything, but the energy that I know I be is also what becomes like, it's old school. What becomes that attraction that you have with another body and another being. Yeah. Like, well, side note, you told me to get on Tinder and that's where I met my partner, James. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and and nearly two babies later. So it was. It was <laughs> so, oh, I've, I've heard many stories like that too, that it's, it's been a huge success. Personally, it's like I have so much time on my freaking computer and all that, that it's like the last thing I want to do is get on something and like swipe, swipe, swipe. And actually someone was telling me the other day that, that Tinder used to be more about, you know, dating and meeting someone. And now it's literally just about like, 
who can I shag? Yeah. Which is not so bad. Not a who problem. Who can I get under to get over someone, right? Exactly. <laughs> so what are some other steps that you would say, like, yeah, one of them be open to meeting or, you know. Well, be some- open to being single. Yeah. It's a really good start. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being single at all. And you should see the house I live in. Well, you, you know the house I live in, but a lot of the listeners don't know the house I live in. And my friend, you know, Christopher Hughes said to me, he goes, God, your house is quite extravagant for one person, isn't it? And I went, yeah, like you would never move into this house as one person. That would be like, I mean, it's got three epic bathrooms that, you know, and it's two-story house. It's, it's huge. It's cross road from the beach. It's awesome. And I love living here on my own. Like the other night I, you know, got home from traveling from Europe and it was so nice to be on my own in my house, listening to music. I made a soup and I was just, you know, had a glass of wine and I was just happy. Yeah. And I didn't need someone else. And I think being okay with being single, like you don't need to need someone in your life. And that's a really key point too, because if you need someone then the person you end up attracting is usually ends up being someone that you have this like necessity, like that, that you are not whole if you don't have them. I mean, all that crap in the Hollywood movies, you know, about, you know, my better half or my other half, or you complete me. It's like, I'm sorry, you should be complete as you are. And then if you are complete as you are, what you can have with another being and another body, because I want to add the body in there too, because what you can have with another body is incredible if you are complete as you are. And then you have this level of intimacy and this level of contribution with another person that you can explore and can be the adventure of living. But it doesn't have to be this place of we, I must have a relationship. If you have that, I must have a relationship you know, the clearing statement with access consciousness, it's like pock and pot, everything that that is, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And start to ask yourself, what have I decided I need a relationship for? And everything that that is, times a godzillion, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And if this is your first time listening to this, go to theclearingstatement.com. Because if you do it from need, then need is that place that you've already decided you lack. Yeah. What if you didn't lack? What if you lacked nothing? Yeah. It is a tough one that like, yeah. Well, I guess you guys have done it quite easily. The transition, your, your great oh, friend. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa. Okay. We have, we've done it easier than most, mm-hmm. but there's a strong misconception that it's like Brendan and I broke up and it was like, yeah, that's so easy and blah, blah, blah. No, we had some really crunchy moments and some really tough times. But what we did do was we kept asking questions and we kept honoring ourselves and honoring the other person. I mean, I was just WhatsApping Brendan at the moment. He's in Argentina and I see him in like three days or something and we're hiring a car and driving out to this resort in Costa Rica together for a seven-day event uh, with Access Consciousness. And I'm genuinely really grateful and excited to see him and get to, you know, drive in the car with him and chat and create and hang out with him. I really like him. He's, he's a good friend and we created that and it could have gone a different way. It could have gone away where, you know, I mean, at one stage when I, you know, he was, you know, ended up um, getting into another relationship with a friend of mine and, and lied about it for a, a while 
Uh, not when he was with me. He didn't cheat on me. Okay. I've had actually someone email me and say, I don't even want to see Brendan because he cheated on you. And I'm like, he, it's none of your business anyway, but he didn't cheat on me. <laughs> it's like, it was after we broke up. But the fact that he lied about it was a really like tough thing because I knew somewhere in my world, but he didn't really want to say anything. And then when we did, you know, it was a bit crunchy, but, you know, and I had that moment of going, you know, fuck you, I'm taking the house. I'm taking this and this and this. And he looked at me and he went, okay, you need to do what you need to do. And then I, and you know, what I, what I did look at, and I think this is what is really key too, when you're breaking up a relationship, none of that made me feel lighter. You know, my dad died seven years ago and he has a ring that was my dad's. And I was like, I want my dad's ring back. You know, I was, so allow yourself to do that trauma and drama if you need to. Mm-hmm. And then he gave me the ring back. We were sitting at this restaurant, you know, with some other people and he, he, he like pretty secretly like gave me this ring back. It was sitting next to me. And I looked at the ring and was like, that, nothing about that feels good. Yeah. And I just looked at him and gave it back to him. And we both burst out crying because it was like, dad loved you. He adored you. Just because we're not together now doesn't mean that dad wouldn't still adore him. So have the ring. It's like, it's yours. And, and then, then we spoke about everything else too. Cause I was like, you know what, that we created this house together. We created so much of this stuff together. Let's just do everything 50, yeah. 50, you know, and see what works out. So, but it's, it's by being that it's created more for me. I, can I tell you, Justine, more is showing up in my life than I could ever have imagined. I'm having an awesome time. So what was the best advice you were given, like as you were transitioning out of relationship to, to, to friendship? Um, I'm going to say Gary Douglas, founder of Access Consciousness, said, because we actually are, because at, at one point, like, you know, we were like bickering. We were just like, Rrr! and then we were smart enough to go, okay, we need somebody else here. We need someone to, you know, me- mediate us basically. So we asked Gary and he was like, sure. <laughs> but it didn't take that long. But he said, he said, I want you guys to write down three things that you uh, want from each other. And he said, write down those three things and then let's chat. So we went away and did that. And Justin, I, I first I was like, you know, is it the house? Is it this? Like I was looking at all the materialistic things that we created. Mm-hmm. And then when I sat down and, uh, you know, poured myself a glass of wine and sat there really vulnerable with it. And I was like, okay, what is it that I do desire from Brendan? And the first thing on my list was friendship. And we ended up getting together and talking about it. And the first thing on his list was friendship too. So it was something that we really demanded that we, that we work at. And so, I mean, it's been about a year now since we broke up and it's, we're talking about breaking up is easy. And we added ish because <laughs> like I said, there's been some moments where it gets a little weird. And even like, you know, Brendan with, with his, uh, you know, new, new found love, it's like, he's like, okay, tell me if it gets uncomfortable for you. So, you know, we jokingly came up with this, uh, this, this word that we could say to each other if it got uncomfortable so that we could help each other out because yeah. we care about each other. So we made it fun. So what, like if someone's going through a breakup, you know, is there any steps or I know it's not a five step formula, but like anything to make it a little easier that you could recommend like three things. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, go, go do something that you love to do. Like whatever that is. I mean, for instance, you know, I'm booked a skiing trip in Italy in January next year with some friends. Cause I love going skiing and I've 
you know, gone skiing with Brendan, you know, for the past however many years. So instead of looking at that and going, oh no, now I've lost my, well, he snowboards, let's get that clear ice ski. <laughs> I've lost my, um, you know, partner to go to the mountains with. It's like, create it yourself. Like yeah. go do something that you love. Don't stop your life. Cool. That would probably be a really big one. It's like, don't stop your life and don't um, ever, 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 ever think of yourself as less than because you are not. Just because you're single, just because you're not in that relationship doesn't mean you're less than. And if you, and ask yourself, you know, relationship, are you sure you want one? Do you desire to invite somebody else into your life? And in what capacity? You know, is it in a relationship or is it as a lover? Or, you know, is it, you know, catching up with other people that you, quite often when people are in a relationship, they, they sort of palm off, you know, friends or something like that. Is it time to reignite? you know, those relationships, like start to get really clear on what it is that you would like. And one of the things I did too, is I created this, uh, you know, this Excel spreadsheet sort of on my computer and was like, and I put all these topics up there. It was like, you know, with relationships, sex, bodies, business, you know, um, uh, like living. Cause sort of, I travel all over the world. Like, cause I started to look at where do I want to live? Do I actually want to be based in Australia or would I prefer to be based in Europe? So I I had all these topics and I started to write down what it is that I desire from all of that. And that was one of the things I got to was like, okay, just because I'm um, single now, I still want to have sex. So, okay, then how do I create that? You know, and then start to look at that. And it's like, you know, what financially, what do I want to create, you know, with wealth? It's like, what do I want to create with business, with, with access and, you know, there's a lot of things that's changed in the business of access and I'm, you know, a hundred percent committed to, to creating more consciousness on this planet. So what can I be with that? And I see so many people get distracted uh, by relationships and sex from what it is that they truly desire. And it's like, what is it? So mm. start to have a look at that. There's some great questions because instead of a lot of people fall back into the same, choosing the same type of guy again and again, but actually to stop and go, what is it I really want? Or yeah. Yeah. And and also with that, I mean, um, I was telling someone the other day, it's like before Brendan, I definitely chose men that, you know, that judged myself and my body. They had the same judgments that I had of me. So, you know, I'd go, look, see, that's a match because they, they judge me about this and I judge me about this. And the, the other thing that I noticed too was I would, you know, have these like, you know, three month sort of relationships and then I'd be done when it started to get too close. I'd be like, yeah, bye and walk away. And I did realize after using the access consciousness tools and reading a lot of the stuff that Gary Douglas and Dane here had done that I needed to do and be something different. Like if like that, was that actually working for me? And it's like somewhere it was working because I could create separation. I could create, you know, not having this place of a connection, like, you know, with people, that engagement and then using the access tools, it was like, okay, so I'd actually like to create something different. And Brendan was the first man I'm going to say who came into my life that actually was really different and was really kind and really caring. So look at that too. It's like with your, if you've broken up a relationship in your last relationship, have a look, what is it that you would like to invite? Like, do you want, and don't make it about friggin' finances. It's like, it's great if someone has money and it doesn't mean anything. It's like, it's just money. It's like, be able to be financially stable yourself. But what if you had someone who was 
really kind. Mm. I know for me personally, asking after listening to you guys, probably it took about 15 times, but then finally I listened to you, both you and Brendan and asked for someone kind, caring and thoughtful. And that's exactly what showed up. He may not be a surfer. I always thought I was going to be with a surfer. He actually doesn't know how to swim. (laughs) And he's a snorer, but he's kind, caring and thoughtful. And at the end of the day, like I really get now that that's so much more important. Like he's rock solid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like I could chat to you all day and I know time's running out. (laughs) I know me too, but it's a, it's a hot topic. So, you know, so, but thank you so much for coming on here and, and doing this as well. Thank you. I love this topic. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> so, and just to give you guys a hint too, uh, next, um, oh, we've got a couple of things on actually. So funnily enough, I am doing a Zoom and it's called I Need a Man, which I think is hysterical. It's called I Need a Man. And uh, there's so many women who were like, what? You know, I don't need a man. And it's like, well, what if it's not what you think it is? What if you're actually willing to receive from a man? So you can find that on my website at simonemelissas.com and also on accessconsciousness.com. I think it starts on the uh, 7th of November. So you can check that out. And also Brennan Watt and myself will be doing a eight month program starting, of course, on the 14th of February in 2020. So watch out more for that. You can go check out, you know, all of our stuff anyway on uh, relationships done different and relationship. Are you sure you want one.com? So thank you so much, Justine, for thank being you. here. Thank you. Thanks for all your tips. <laughs> You're welcome. And, uh, and I'll see you soon up here in Australia and you'll have another baby just like that. <laughs> Five weeks to go. <laughs> Five weeks. All right. Thank you. Thanks.